myself. My name is God. <laughs> that was not How expecting was that? that. How was that? That was better. It was better than Gal Gadot. <laughs> they should. They should cast Eva as Wonder Woman. I could put on a wig. Would you be down to do that? I would be down. Put on like a wig. Get the little. Uh, the what are they called? I was gonna say gauntlet, but they're definitely not gauntlets. Oh. The oh. Little things that she has on her wrists. Uh, the wristband? No, not wristbands. What do they call them? <laughs> it's not a gauntlet. They're, they're, they're the they're, they're the little um balance bands, power balance bands. <laughs> yeah, you remember what I'm talking about? I remember those. You probably, I, I feel like you used to wear those, like unironically, <laughs> for sure. Nah, I never wore those. Didn't they have like um like little necklaces that you can wear? Like baseball players used to wear them. I only knew baseball players who wore the little bracelets i don't know about necklaces well i i knew other athletes would wear the the bracelets uh whatever <laughs> this is completely off topic <laughs> well as you guys could probably tell this episode is gonna be all snyder cut we're just gonna go straight into it uh there were a couple other things we could talk about but this is something that's been around the zeitgeist for so long it feels like even before it was released that you know i would rather just cut out uh, trim out all the fat and then just go straight into the meat. So, also, also before we continue, I just want to say if I sound a little off on this podcast, it's because I'm literally in a hotel right now recording because, you know, no days off. <laughs> I live and breathe backlot. Let's go. That's what I like to hear. And I'm charging the backlot credit card right now. <laughs> so Snyder Cut is finally here. It does, and it almost doesn't really seem real. <laughs> I mean, dude, I think you and I have, on record, said that we don't think we'll ever see it, or we don't think it'll ever be released. No, I, we have for sure said it. Like sometime on this podcast, we've probably made made like jokes about it, like the hashtag before it was a actual thing. But now that it's now that I've actually seen all four hours of it. I just kind of can't believe it's real, you know, and like just sort of what it represents. There's a lot of things like like it just coming out like Warner Brothers just finally saying, fuck it, just release the movie like has been such a mind blowing like experience. There's like so many things that have like, happened in our lives that just blow my mind. Like that's one of them. Have Like living through a pandemic is another one. I don't know about you, but Kevin Durant signing to the Warriors, that fucking blew my mind. Oh like, no! Yeah, those are like three top like moments of my life that I'm just like, what the fuck? Like this actually happened. <laughs> Snyder cut lumped into Katie and, and COVID nineteen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so here we go. So, are. if you've listened to us, you know since the very beginning, you know our thoughts on Justice League and what we thought Snyder cut was going to be like. 
I don't want to give away too much of what I thought of the movie until we actually start talking about that. But I just want to talk about how the fact that it's here now is so, in my opinion, uh, like it's a big deal. You know, absolutely. The fact that you know, a film that was released, you know, under whatever circumstances it was released in, but basically having or giving the director a chance to give out his vision of the film while not being, you know, under the label of a director's cut. You get me? So, like, for example, like, Kingdom of Heaven, the Ridley Scott movie, you know, the film released in a theatrical cut. It was completely neutered uh, by the studio. And it was condensed into, like, a two-hour version. Like, the director's cut of the film is, like, a four-hour-long epic in which Ridley Scott had like you know full control over what the final edit was going to be. I didn't but know, but there's it was a that difference. Long, wow. Yeah, it's really good. You should watch it. But you know, there's a difference between a theatrical cut of a movie and a theatrical cut. I mean, and a director's cut of a movie. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, I agree. This is not a director's cut of a movie. This is like a legitimately brand new film. I think only 30 minutes. Of the Snyder Cut is the same as Justice League. Maybe even less. I think it's less. I think it's like 20-something. But, I mean, it's 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 insane how different the film is. Like, it has similar beats, but it is very different at the same time. Yeah, like, I, I haven't watched Justice League since opening weekend when it came out. I had no intention of ever watching it ever again. But... You know, there are some things that I remember, and Snyder Cut, you could definitely see the similarities, obviously. Uh, Whedon kept more or less some of the main set pieces, like the sewer fight, um, Batman's introduction to Arthur Curry, Aquaman, is, you know, set in the same place, uh, I believe, no at least. Which one? The Kal-El no scene. Oh, yeah, the, the Superman fight. Which we're definitely going to talk about. And the last, you know, action set piece, even though while it's completely different, it takes place, you know. Like, you could definitely see the visual similarities and be like, okay, yeah, like, this is the same action sequence, just completely different. Like, done in a completely different way. So it was interesting, you know, watching this new film and while recognizing it's basically a new film, still having similarities to... The original uh, Justice League. Yeah, it's 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 mind blowing, and and it being four hours long, and I I, th- I think that Snyder was fighting for a six hour version, if I'm not mistaken. Jesus, six so hours! This guy has more footage, you know, in the vault. I think actually tonight, if I'm not mistaken, they're. <clears throat> well, I guess by the time everyone listens to it, it might be out. They're going to release a black and white version of the film, which I don't understand why Zack Snyder wants to do that. But, okay. Um, I think they're adding a few more scenes. Nothing, you know, insane. But I think they're going to add just maybe a few minutes of uh, runtime. Really? They're adding scenes? I thought it was just a straight up black and white. No, I think they're adding one or two scenes. Like... Just to, you know, maybe like another, you know, nightmare scene or something along those lines. I, I'm not 100% sure. Hmm. Interesting. 
So, yeah, Snyder Cut is here. Again, it's weird that it's here, but I'm glad it is. You know, we've said this, both of us have said this before on the show. We're Even glad. if the movie was horrible, like, I'm glad it's, it's out. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Sort of, you know, give Snyder his opportunity to, to release his film. And, you know, the, it's what the fans wanted. And if I'm going to be honest, it is much better than Justice League. Oh, absolutely. Well, we'll get into more of like the little details, but it is a better film than Justice League, although I think it's far from perfect. And I actually really didn't enjoy it until about maybe like an hour and a half into the film, which is a long time, don't get me wrong. That's a movie. It's, it's like you a whole movie in the movie to get to start liking it. <laughs> I never thought about it that way. You're actually right. It really, yeah, it did. Um, you know, once it reaches a certain point, though, you know, I found myself or my enjoyment of it, you know, increasing like exponentially uh, until it ended. And while, well, I'm not going to say what I thought, but it's definitely a better film than Justice League. And it's kind of crazy how much Joss really neutered what should have fundamentally been the movie you know Neutered a lot of its is actually themes, a great word for that i yeah you like that sat word <laughs> i see you've been practicing <laughs> you know even like the fundamental you know themes and and character arcs it was oh my god it's just super super stripped down to the point where Again, it, you know, you are watching a, a completely different movie, and granted, it is four hours compared to, I think, like a two-hour-long movie. I don't even think Justice League it hit. It hit like an hour and fifty or an hour forty-five. I, yeah, Warner I Brothers was... with with Justice League. Uh, Warner Brothers demanded uh, that the movie not run more than two hours long. Really. Yeah, I mean Zack Snyder can't help himself. He every movie that he makes is extremely long. I mean, this movie is long as fuck. Yeah, four I hours. Mean, four like, hours this, is definitely pushing it. I mean, don't get me wrong, because you can watch a film like like the Lord of the Rings extended editions, and those are each four hours long, but they blow, but they breeze by. You know, there definitely were parts of the Snyder Cut where it definitely felt like a chore sitting through like i had to actually like break up watching the snyder cut whereas i could and i have watched all three extended editions of lord of the rings in a single sitting i could probably do that in one day yeah yeah that's what i mean like i've done it all that much they're just that that they have so much depth those movies not saying that the snyder cut doesn't it has a lot too but it's just hits different yeah absolutely so i think that's enough setup for the Snyder Cut. So let's go ahead and talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and our overall thoughts of the movie. But let's try to keep it a little spoiler-free first. Um, and then we'll jump in and, and we'll talk about spoilers for the majority of the episode. But I want to give some people who listen to our show who haven't seen it an opportunity to sort of uh, see what we thought. Did that go yeah. with you? Yeah, I, I know a lot of people are watching this in parts, you know, you know, first two parts, the beginning of the week, and the next two parts at the end of the week, so I know that 
a lot of people were you know it, it's like a it's like a little mini series kind of with a lot of people yeah so. i mean not everyone listen listen not everyone has the time to sit down and watch a four-hour long movie in one sitting yeah you know that's a lot to ask from from a viewer it's extremely uh long and that's why like yeah like you know like you said we both we both split it up and i think it's I actually like kind of commend uh, Zack Snyder for adding those parts within the movie, um, because I think he knew that people would have a problem sitting through a four-hour film. So yeah. it kind of gives you more time to you know plan around it. Yeah, I get you. So Snyder cut, Justice League Snyder cut uh, discussion conversation spoiler-free starting now. Uh, John, I'll let you go first. I usually go first, so. Um, okay, so just some general thoughts. I I actually really liked it, and um, you know, like everyone that's listened to this podcast knows me. I'm I'm like a comic book, you know, fanboy. Uh, both Marvel and DC. Even though in the film world, I think Marvel is absolutely killing it. Um. But I think the Snyder Cut was something that we needed and something that I wish Warner Brothers didn't, uh, you know, take away from us and take away from Zack Snyder. The movie is so much deeper, so much better, has so much, like, the characters have so much more chemistry, you know, backstory, power levels that we have never seen in, in, you know, these DC movies, if you get what I'm saying. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it's a lot and I really enjoyed it. And there's a lot of things that Zack Snyder that does really well visually that we were able to see in this movie, even with a budget that was, I guess you could say, you know, cut, he doesn't, he doesn't have his usual film budget. Like I'm assuming, I don't know what the the money, you know, I don't know how much ju- the Justice League version of in the 2017, what their financial goals were, but I'm assuming they were, you know, had a budget of 250 million. I'm gonna ima- imagine this movie probably had like 50 million to do CGI, and for the most part, I think Zack Snyder kills it, um, and he always does. I think we could both agree on that when it comes to like visuals and and, and and fight scenes and stuff, Zack Snyder does well. And there's a lot of things that I don't like. There's a lot of slow-mo in this movie, which is no surprise. Um, there's a lot of long explanations, a lot of long conversations that I don't like. That I feel it could have been trimmed down. You could have cut off a lot of the fat in this movie. I think when it, what it comes down to at the end is that this movie could have been like a three-hour long adventure you know, three hours and 15 minutes and it would have still hit this exact same. And I think you'd probably agree with me there. And we don't have to waste four hours watching the entire thing. But, um, but it's a good time, man. If you like superheroes, if you like DC comic books, even if you don't like DC, this might actually change your mind on some of these characters. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I mean, I gave it a, when I was watching the film, I was trying to like rate it in my head you know, how we rate movies on Letterboxd. Um, and throughout the movie, like, the beginning of the movie, I was kind of at, like, a 3, 2.5. And then towards the end was when my thing jumped up to, like, a 3.5, 4. Because I loved everything. I loved the last f- hour of the movie. The first three hours are hit or miss. But all in all, I, I really enjoyed it. 
Hmm. Interesting. So I guess I'll go. I thought the movie was fine. Now, compared to Justice League, I think this movie is like Citizen Kane. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, it's just okay. But it's enough to sort of, I guess, make it watchable. Like, the movie's definitely watchable. Oh, but no, I think I think, is... I think anybody can watch this and, and at least enjoy something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think at, it being at four hours, I think it's not as enjoyable as it needs to be, in my opinion. I think this movie really needed to be three separate movies. And I think that's one of its biggest downfalls is that it tries to do so much because you're trying to set up uh, Barry Allen and, and the Flash's character while also setting up Cyborg's character while also introducing the Justice League and having them you're all, I mean, fend actually, off Darkseid. So, sorry to cut you off, but you're also introducing Aquaman because remember at this point, Aquaman, his solo movie is not out yet. came out after Justice League. Yeah, that's true, but Aquaman, I, I would say, is definitely, like, probably the least or second least important Justice League member in this movie. Yeah. It's either him or Wonder Woman. Yeah, I would I would give it to him. So, like, like, it really should have been three separate movies, and I don't know if it's Snyder's fault or uh, Warner Brothers' fault, you know, trying to do, like, an Avengers-level movie without, you know, setting up proper storylines accordingly but either way whoever's fault it is it still reflects poorly on the film and and on the studio was, yeah and on the studio and that was one of my biggest problems with it um it's so bloated and it just tries to do too much you know i mean we shouldn't have to sit you know through a four hour long movie uh, about the justice league through an hour and a half of you know, setting up who Cyborg is and who Flash is. And while Cyborg, I would say, is probably the best character in the film, especially compared to Justice League, I can 100% understand why Ray Fisher is pissed. Because Cyborg's character in the two versions of Justice League are, like, polar opposite. Yeah, night and day different. Like, extremely... Different. It is almost shocking at how much they really cut back on what essentially is the heart of the film. And I know Zack Snyder uh, has even described this character like that. And the fact that I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word neutered again because really that's uh, that's what they did to the character. It's <laughs> almost shocking how different Cyborg's development is in, in the two films. But. Again, I think that's a problem with the studio in general because Cyborg's introduction in such a large-scale Justice League film, like, that shouldn't, in my opinion, really shouldn't be a part of it or at least take up so much time because your movie just gets so bloated. You get what I'm trying to say? 100%. I think Zack Snyder is, like, his own worst enemy. Um... I, I like look. I, we obviously don't know the guy. 
uh, we don't know how he, like how he is on set or anything. While and I have heard that he's you know wonderful and a great person. He seems like an awesome human being. Like, yeah, he, he seems like he seems like an like he seems dude. like a cool dude. Like I would love to hang out with him. Um, but I definitely think that he gets in his own way when, with his creative choices, and I feel like he could be. <laughs> I don't want to say the word control freak, but that's kind of what I want to like, you know, side with a little bit. I feel like he wanted to have more control over these DC properties and Warner Brothers, I don't think wanted to give him that control. But some of these storylines that he was going for, he needed, you know, almost everything. So instead of like letting other directors other writers you know produce movies about his characters like cyborg and flash um which they are doing now uh at least with flash um instead of letting other guys you know come in and do it i mean he let patty jenkins do wonder woman but i mean she was making like a prequel movie you know what i mean so it was kind of like simple to do that um i just think that he just gets in his own way and he has he wants to have total control over these insane storylines and he doesn't give it enough time to like nourish and grow like kind of like marvel did and i don't like comparing it to marvel but at the end of the day we don't really have anything else to compare it to and i think marvel really showed a, a beautiful blueprint on how to get it done and how to set up the avengers and, and how to you know you need to you need to give us time to grow with these characters and Learn who they are, you know, get their backstories. Getting one character's backstory in the movie, like, I'm not mad that Cyborg's backstory was explained in this film. Was it long? Yes. Um, But I'm not mad. I think that's fine. I don't know if Cyborg is a character that deserves his own movie. I, I mean, do you agree with that? Um, I've always thought that Cyborg works better in a team. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. Like... I, I know Cyborg best from the New 52 comic books when he, you know, was, like, a big member of the Justice League. Pretty sure also, he was a founding member. Yeah. Also, growing up, I mean, I, I think you could agree. Uh, I used to watch the Teen Titans TV show. He was – Cyborg was oh, one yeah. of the main uh, characters of the Teen Titans. So he always works well with the team. Solo, not so much. So that's why I was fine with his uh, introduction, but – like I said, man, there was just so many things to juggle in this film that Zack Snyder didn't have to do. You know what I mean? I would have rather Zack Snyder's vision come together had he took time to do it and let all these other writers kind of get involved and, and share their stories with these characters and then have it all lead to, you know, his big moment. Yeah, I feel that. And at the end of the day, I really think that, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I think you're right. Cyborg doesn't. You don't have to give Cyborg his own movie, but when your film is pushing four hours and it really doesn't need to, then it becomes a problem. Because if you look at the film's runtime, if you removed or just sped up the normal slow-mo scenes, you know 10% of this entire movie is shot is slow motion scenes? I'm not surprised. I think something like the slow motion scenes are 20 minutes of the entire film. That's that is that's insane. That is crazy. And like that's twenty minutes that could have been used either elsewhere or used to trim down the runtime and make for an easier and better viewing experience. Because like yeah, look, 
this movie was made for specifically for uh, the fanboys and fangirls who really pushed for the release of the Snyder Cut. And that's wonderful. However, that doesn't mean that it's free of, you know, criticism. And again, while compared to Justice League, this is a much, much, much better film. And I did like it. It definitely, you know, has its fair share of problems. There are a lot of things in this film, uh, a lot of portrayals and a lot of, I guess, creative decisions that didn't really work for me. And I know you. I know we were. I was texting you while I was watching the film, and you agreed and, and disagreed on on some of them. Um, but it's really mind boggling, like how like absurd some of these creative decisions are. Uh, most notably, the slow motion, which I spoke to you a lot about, and uh, the use of a lot of like musical motifs, especially Wonder Woman's. Yeah, I think, dude. I don't. I. I... I'm pretty sure every single person I've spoken to that has seen the movie has brought up the what what does it say in the subtitles? <laughs> it, um, like a, it says uh, Amazon lamentation music or some shit like that. Yeah, everybody brings up that that uh you know that whole thing and it, it's just hilarious because like it was cool the first time I heard it I was like yo this is dope I I like this and then you you know they they introduce Wonder Woman's uh, theme song that Hans Zimmer, you know, brought to the world. That was super cool. But then they just kept doing the the, the screaming, the, the the Amazon limitation music or whatever. And then they kept doing it, and they kept doing it, and they kept doing it. And then at the, at one point, like <laughs> an hour into the movie, I was like, okay, stop, please, enough. Yeah, after like the third or fourth time, it was like, okay, this is fucking annoying. And I would have been fine with it had it like when it was like a big moment for Wonder Woman, but like Diana would be going to like scratch her ass and they would start playing it. <laughs> Dude, she would do like she would literally just like walk a couple steps and then you would hear that <laughs> the music. <laughs> yeah, it was and I don't know if that was like a Zack Snyder choice or a junkie XL choice, but it was cool, just it was a lot. I appreciate so the change, time. but my God, was it overused? Um, also, I actually want to bring up really quick. I much, much, much preferred Junkie XL's uh, score over Danny Elfman's, and I think Danny Elfman is one of the best composers in film, you know, history. But he did not do the Justice League credit and or Justice League justice, no pun intended, um, in the uh, Weeding cut. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, to me, I couldn't really notice the difference, if I'm being honest. Uh, I did think the last piece, um, uh, you know, without saying spoilers, I was about to say a spoiler. I do think one of the last pieces of music during the final battle was pretty moving and, and pretty epic. Yeah. But, I mean, nothing else really, you know. Well, Danny Elfman's music choices, or, or his soundtrack, it wasn't horrible, and I really appreciated what he was trying to do in the Weeding Cut. Like, for example, there's a scene when Batman in the Weeding Cut is driving the Batmobile, and they start playing the classic, you know, '90s Batman theme song, the you know animated series uh, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton's Batman theme song. They start playing that because I think Danny Elfman actually composed that. No, I could be wrong. Um, I'm not sure. 
but he play, you know he starts playing the the OG Batman theme song in the in the in the, in the Whedon cut. I was re- I really appreciated that. And then he cuts into some other thing. Uh, so that was cool. And then he also when Superman's fighting in uh, the Whedon cut, he also starts playing Superman's theme song from you know the old '70s movies, which I could appreciate. But I don't know, like it, it just wasn't all there for me. This Junkie XL score I think is a lot better. Not perfect, like it, he's no Hans Zimmer, um, but it was still really good. There's a lot of moments, like I said, like or like you said, you know, last hour of the movie, I really was, I really enjoyed his soundtrack or his score. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think the score again was okay. Um, I think the villain of the film Steppenwolf, I think, is much better in Snyder Cut than he is in Justice League. He actually... Oh, my God. He's, like, He actually better. has, you know, motivations. I think in Justice <laughs> League, he pretty much just comes to Earth... Just, like, fuck shit up. Literally just to destroy it. Like, and like, like that's it. I don't think he has any motivation other than that. I could be wrong. Do they even mention Darkseid in, uh, in the Weeding Cut? I don't remember. They might have mentioned his name, but I don't think... Like, yeah. we definitely never see him. Yeah, this time around we, you know, we definitely you get actually his, uh, get to motivation. see darks. You actually get to see dark side for like a good amount of time in this film. Like he I did not expect. Like, like you get to see like his omega beams. of screen time, maybe. Maybe, but and that, but that's a lot though if you think about it. I know, and I know it's a far but that is a lot for someone that's not the main villain. So like you know, that was cool. That was cool to see. Yeah, I think he, I think he was a much better character. I think Flash was improved upon a lot. Uh, I already mentioned Cyborg. Uh, Cyborg was, in my opinion, the best character in the entire film. Absolutely. Um, they really did him dirty in Justice League. I could tell. I can. I understand why he was so pissed. As far I really as the rest of the, why. I'm not sure. As rest. Uh, uh, as far as the rest of the Justice League uh, go, I thought I didn't notice any, you know, big changes. Like between the like the motivations or like anything else in the from the Justice League cut and Snyder cut, like they felt like I don't know, I guess it felt I the thought, same to me. Maybe maybe I'm missing something. I think for the most part, I, th- I liked. Um, I thought Batman, and Superman were better in the uh, Snyder cut, but especially Batman because you go back and watch the Whedon cut, and there's a lot of scenes that Whedon adds, uh, you know, reshoots with Batman especially you know even like the beginning of the uh Justice League you know there's a whole thing going on with Batman in Gotham City where he like captures the parademon and all that stuff in the Whedon cut that is all you know Whedon like that was nothing with that with Zack Snyder and damn that scene, I forgot go, about that if you go back and watch that scene it like makes absolutely no sense um and I'll I can maybe explain later on because I don't want to give away any spoilers but um that scene, and there's also a uh, a part in the movie, I think halfway through, where, you know, Bruce takes off his costume, and, you know, he's, like, talking to Diana, and they, like, they start drinking, like, a, you know, <laughs> a whiskey or something, and he makes, like, a comment to her, like, oh, maybe you can dress up as a bat and help, like, something like that, but it, it was, like, such a weird, I remember, like, watching the movie, and I was, like, this is a weird scene, like, I, I definitely feel like this is a reshoot, and it was, because it was not in a Snyder Cut, so... I feel like Zack Snyder absolutely understands Batman way more than Joss Whedon. You could probably agree with me there. I think I agree to an extent. I think he understands the character more than 
Joss Whedon does, but I truthfully don't think Zack Snyder has any fundamental understanding of any of these characters besides maybe Cyborg and Flash. Hmm. Yeah, we could debate that We'll dive that into later. that, though. Yeah, we'll dive into that. Yeah. Um, I think another but, really big problem uh, with this film is the dialogue. I think Snyder... You know, for as big and machismo and grande as he is, you know, in his visual style and set pieces. And that's really where his best work is. He's always had the problem where his dialogue, when, you know, not following graphic novels to a T, I think is really, really, really weak. Yeah, I totally agree. To the point where it's either really cringe or just not moving or memorable or... Like, he tries too much sometimes. Not even. Sometimes. It's either he tries too much to be, like, inspirational <laughs> or motivational, or he doesn't try enough. There's, like, it's weird. There's no middle ground. I've, I've always thought that Zack Snyder, like, needed to take a step back in his films and get himself a really good writer that can complement his visual, you know, storytelling. I agree. Because he gets in his own way. He Like I said before... I don't want to call him a control freak, but it's starting to seem like he is a little bit. Like, he brought on Chris Terrio, which the only good movie that that guy's ever been a part of is Argo, and I'm pretty sure Ben Affleck wrote most of that movie. Bro, I'm Uh, pretty sure Chris Terrio helped write Infinity War and Endgame. I don't think so. And if you want to Google it real quick, go ahead. But I know that Chris Terrio was a part of Rise of Skywalker. He was actually. Oh no! Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You are correct. He was actually a big part of the Rise of Skywalker script. J.J. Abrams. I remember watching an interview with J.J. Abrams and him saying, like, you know, he was coming up with the ideas for the movie, and you know, he's like writing it all down. Finally, he gives Chris Terrio a call, gets Chris Terrio on board, and you know, they just start jotting down all their ideas, and then boom, they make the movie. But I'm like, what is? Why is J.J. Abrams, like, one of the first people you think about is Chris Terrio? Why? Like, what does he bring to the table? I Argo's I'm a thinking good of movie, Stephen but... McFeely and Christopher Marcus, by the way. Those are the guys who wrote Infinity War. Yeah. I, I actually... I think they wrote a couple of the good Marvel movies. I, I think they also did Thor The Dark World, <laughs> but we won't count that. Um, but, I mean, those guys seem fine. But Chris Terrio, like... I, and I, I don't want to sound like a hater, but... Like I said, Argo's the only good movie he's done. And I don't even know how much credit we can give to him for that. So I just, I don't know. Zack Snyder needs better writers around him. I agree. He needs to do like sort of what the Russo brothers did. Well, I don't know if the Russo brothers did it or if it was just Marvel. But, you know, we saw Cherry, which released uh, the week before Snyder Cut. And we were going to review it on here. But... I mean, it was kind of my fault because I started watching it and I really didn't like it, so I stopped watching it. Uh, it's not a good movie. Yeah, honestly, like, it, like even though I like reviewing movies that we like and reviewing movies that we don't like, I, I watched the entire film in one sitting and I was, like, so, like, bored of it and I just didn't like it. I, I, it was like I had so much dislike towards it that I was just like, it's not worth having a whole episode dedicated to it. Yeah, I might write a review on it for uh, the website in the next couple of days just to have something out for it. But, you know, the Russo brothers wrote that film 
and I don't think they're good writers, but with uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, uh, you know, that, like, pairing, that's when the Rooster Brothers really shine. And I think, I don't know if they realize it or if they will realize it, but some directors just work better when they're using someone else's script. Like, not everyone can be a Joel and Ethan Cohen. You know, sometimes you have to be a Christopher Nolan. I mean, Let your brother I, write your shit. Yeah, I was about to say that. Like, Christopher Nolan, I mean, everyone thinks, a lot of people think is the best director ever. You know, that's fine. He's directing some fantastic movies. Like, one hell of a director. He's he's up there. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, sure. he, he makes these movies a lot of the times based off his brother's script and that's okay totally fine i I think that a lot of these directors in in hollywood feel the need to have this total control over their film have this you know like they need to be a part of every step of the process which you want to be but you don't need to be writing every line of the movie like i feel like we the uh the snyder cut was or you know like cherry it's not necessary Agreed. Um, I think I've said pretty much everything I could say without spoiling the movie. I've already almost spoiled it probably like five times. Do you have anything yeah. else you want to add, like spoiler free, before we start talking, you know, more in depth about Snyder Cut? Um, no. I mean, other than like, you know, we both very much enjoyed it. I know, it, like, we kind of like shit on it a little bit, but well, like, I don't know if I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was but fine. We I enjoyed... liked it. We liked it. We enjoyed it. Like I liked it more than you, definitely, one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. But I like we both enjoyed it to the point where it's like, yeah, like if you want to watch a good superhero movie, you know, go ahead and watch it. Okay. So, Snyder Cut spoiler section, starting right now. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> talking you know about spoilers see now like that the uh training wheels have been taken <laughs> off a lot of the times like when we re- review movies i feel like we can kind of go like scene by scene but it is so fucking hard to do that with this movie we would literally be here for like six hours this would be like we'll a probably, six hour episode we're just gonna have to like run around the entire movie and just come up whatever comes to our mind we're just have, we're gonna have to speak on it so the okay so the first thing that came into my mind actually Oh, uh, is actually with Wonder Woman. So I think the first scene in the movie that she's in is when <laughs> the terrorists are threatening to blow up the building. I think it's like a bank. Yeah, I, I think it was like a museum or a bank or something. Yeah, and <laughs> the bad guys have them like lined up. Wait, what was their motivations sh- again? I don't know. They wanted like, to they, fucking. They want. They think they just like they wanted to turn the world into the dark ages or something i was like huh yeah it was a bank because or something where where, uh, i don't know but apparently blowing that up would set the world back like hundreds of years i don't know some stupid shit yeah i wasn't like that like if they wanted to do it like it's like to steal money or whatever i'd be like okay fine but they didn't understand that motivation so whatever the terrorists have you know these hostages lined up and wonder woman Comes in and starts picking them off one by one, you know, because as a superhero, one of her main things is she doesn't have super speed, but she she can tr- travel in bullet time. Like, she's fast enough to block bullets with her, like, wrist guards. That's how fast she moves. So, she is at least as fast. 
No, she's at least faster than a bullet, right? So she fights these uh, terrorists, and then the last terrorist sort of starts shooting at the hostages, and Wonder Woman is like doing a little crab walk, sort of like blocking the bullets, and then the dude reloads like he takes like at least like five seconds to reload and wonder woman just watches yeah and then that would (laughs) and then blows him up while blowing up the building or at least part of the building that the terrorists were trying to blow up anyways and it's like this is what I mean when I say Snyder. I feel like Zack Snyder doesn't have a fundamental understanding of these characters. And he just does things that look cool because the dude is reloading. And we just saw Wonder Woman move faster than a bullet. And instead of subduing uh, the person, like, you know, like a, how I envision a comic book Wonder Woman would do, she blows him up in front of children thus destroying the building or part of the building that they're currently in and it's like this is all within the first like i don't know i don't even know how long it's the movie <laughs> you can't even say like the first like couple minutes because then it's like wait how long <laughs> into the movie like i don't even remember scene? where in this movie this falls because it's so long it's like the first 30 minutes first 25 but yeah and it's like why do any of this like why is wonder like what yeah like when i saw that i literally had to pause the movie and i was like what was there not someone on set that was like hey like what if she like lunged at him while he was reloading like dude he literally reloads and like you know reloading like that takes time it's not a long time but it's at least like five seconds seconds. like she moves us faster than a bullet so she uh, just watches and is like let's go like round two baby like let's see if we can if i don't (laughs) accidentally kill a kid I think she watches, I think she, like, says something, and then she, like, does the thing where she smashes her shit together, and literally, like, half of the floor that she's on literally just explodes. Like, she fucking demolishes that dude, and it's like, what? And then a little kid's like, I want to be like you someday, and it's like, what? (laughs) Like, she... she I actually actually like like, that scene. Like, the girl. I fucking hated that scene. Of the little girl? Well, that's the same scene. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about that scene. Like, whatever. I, I'm not. I'm not crazy, but but I'm talking about like the interaction that Wonder Woman has with the little girl after that. I actually, I like that. I mean, but it doesn't make sense. Like, why she, can't she blew like up that. a fucking like? Oh no, like, that's fine. Yeah, no, I totally agree. She just, like there was that's definitely what I mean. ways to handle this better. Like that's what I mean. I just don't think that Zack Snyder really understands these characters and i think wonder woman and superman are the two uh, you know you know biggest those are the ones that i look at the most and i think batman is up there too i'll give him a little bit of a pass on batman because you know the whole dark and edgy thing whatever batman that's, killing people, that's his niche that's exactly like, ba- but, but the whole batman killing people goes against you know everything the character stands for but and that was more of a bvs problem than it is in justice league uh, so I'm not going to bring up that in Justice League because I don't really think that's an issue here. 
I think the issue is more prevalent. Uh, with well, we could talk one... about it when we start doing depth, you know, in depth conversations about these characters. Like, he's 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 like, the thing was with him killing characters in BVS. We were all assuming that he was that he was killing characters because you could watch the Dark Knight movies and be like, bro, that guy's dead. You know what I mean? No, I'm pretty but, sure Batman literally shoots people. No, no, no. Yeah, he literally has like stated like, no, yeah, like this Batman is killing people, and I was like, wait, why? Why is Batman killing? And then I think he's also like said like oh you know he's lost his way Robin's dead and I'm like homie like we have seen this in the comic books and he still never crosses that line like that's literally the point of the character he yeah like he has literally said like I do not want to kill because you know that makes me a villain but it's, whatever it, it it really you know. It's really mind-boggling, like, you know, these characters... I, I, I think he gets too caught up in this whole edgy and mature and, and grimdark thing, like that whole nightmare sequence, when it really doesn't need to happen. Like, I don't think it's ever stated in the movie, but I'm like 90% sure that the only reason Superman has a black suit in this movie is because Zack Snyder thought it looked cool. Yes, and we've we've had this conversation um, in text message, and you know I kind of want to share my my part of that. It does look fucking badass. <laughs> Am I gonna say it does? Yeah, don't get it me wrong. It does look like, cool. Henry Cavill looks fucking good in black. I'll give him that. Um, but in the comic books, you know, the death of Superman was a big moment for dc and and for the you know the world that these characters are living in you know superman is a fucking god and he dies by the villain um and when he returns in the comics he's wearing the black suit he's you know he's rocking the mullet but the black suit from what i remember helps his body you know suck in all of the yellow sun's radiation and if you don't know that is how superman has his powers he is powered by the yellow sun when superman is you know krypton had a red sun when kryptonians are under a red sun they're like human beings they don't have powers but when they're under a yellow sun that's when they have fucking these insane abilities um the black suit helps him gen like you know bring in all that that energy all that power because he needed like that extra assistance to like take down Doomsday, you know what I mean? And I wish that they touched on that in this movie for dude for fucking ten seconds. They don't like they don't touch on it at all. It's literally like he just walks up to the suit and is like, "This is my suit that I'm fucking wearing today," and he wears it. And I just kind of wish that they touched on it for ten seconds. Like, I mean, dude, the movie's already fucking long as it is. You can't add like something like that to the movie. If they would have cut down all the slow-mo, maybe. Yeah, I mean, dude, yeah, 100%. All they had to do was say something like, you know, like, hey, like, I just came back from the dead. I'm not all there. You know, my powers are a little, you know, spotty. This will help me, you know, regain control or so- something something along those lines. And boom, we're good. We have, a, we have an understanding as to why he needs to wear the suit. But I'll also defend it or Zack Snyder's choice because the thing is, Zack Snyder... I feel like always has to come out and make little comments about decisions that he's makes in the movies, like to explain as to why he did that when you shouldn't have to go out and explain every decision that you've made. 
you know, in an interview. Agreed. We should have to watch the movie and understand your motivations. But he's come out and said that the reason why he has Clark Kent, you know, rock the black suit is because the Kryptonians wore black and, you know, his his family, uh, you know, his the, the house of L wore black and that was like his dad's suit or something along those lines. I could be a little off, but it was something, you know, like that for the most part. And I understand it. I like it. But like like I said, you didn't talk about that in the movie. How the fuck are we supposed to know? The guy literally just grabs the black suit and just wears it. So it goes back to like what I was saying before. It just, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It's, yeah, it's weird. Call me, and call me a traditionalist, but I don't know. I just don't think a black suit on Superman works. Um, it think, works if, if you have an explanation. Like, that's, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, not absolutely. his thing. It's not his thing. Superman is supposed to be bright red and blue. I mean, I don't even care if it's a darker shade, like, you know, Man of Steel. That was fine with me, but yeah. It's I just, get you. It wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't explained, and I don't like when things aren't explained. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, that scene with... Oh, shit, I'm about to hit my mic. So that scene <laughs> with Wonder Woman is probably, like, one of the more egregious, like, <laughs> ones that I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I literally had to pause the movie. Another scene that I really don't like are both Martian Manhunter scenes. Yeah. Um, especially the first one. So, whatever, the first Martian Manhunter scene uh, takes place, I think, maybe like halfway through the movie before Superman is brought back to life. I think it's like right before he's brought back to life, actually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Martha Kent is talking to Lois Lane in an apartment building. And it's a really cool moment, a really cool intimate moment between these two characters. It's actually and, a very good scene. Yeah, and then Martha leaves... And then it shapeshifts into Martian Manhunter and then shapeshifts back into the U.S. like general. I forgot his name. Lennox, I think. Yeah, Len- well, yeah whatever his name is. And that's that's what Zack Snyder's, you know, thing was, you know, he wanted Lennox to have been the Martian Manhunter the entire time. Um, but you know what I find funny about that scene is on what is the name of the app? Of Zack-, Zack Snyder's, you know. He's big on social media, not too big on Instagram and Twitter. I don't even think he has an Instagram, but he has a Vero, I think, is the name of the social media um, app. And he attached two years ago the storyboards, the visual storyboards for that scene, that exact scene. And it's funny because I saw it when he released it, and I didn't remember the scene watching the film. And it looked exactly the same. Like, you know, the, the guy's a visual genius, so, like, I'm not surprised. But um, he released that storyboard and was like, I had an idea of, uh, you know, uh, blah, 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 transforming Martha, turning, transforming at the end of the conversation into the Martian Manhunter. And everybody was like mind blown in the comment section. Like, what? You were going to have Martian Manhunter in your movie? And I don't even think he was originally going to do that, to be honest with you. That or like maybe Warner Brothers like was like, nah, bro, like you're trying to do too much. And everybody was mind blown in the comments when he did that. 
and I think now, like, since he already showed the world, you know what I mean, that storyboard, he had to add that scene into the film. And it kind of throws you off. It was, if you watch the original Justice League cartoon, if you're a fan of that, I can see you being super pumped like I was. I was like, damn, that's so fucking dope. Martian Manhunter's in this. But then I was like, but then that entire conversation kind of doesn't mean shit. Exactly. So like why I, the I fuck know would you I know I text there? you specifically when Martian Manhunter shows up because I was like holy shit is that Martian Manhunter, and then after I thought about it for more than like two seconds, it was like, yeah, it doesn't really work, and he my brother like, I guess put, put it in like the best way because I was talking to him about the movie after I watch it, and he's like it kind of undermines you know this whole moment between these two a, characters. It's a great moment and. And a lot, dude, I feel like a lot of people, especially in pop culture, media, like, you know, film and TV, they like to bank in on these shock moments. Like, that was a big shock moment, and it's like, oh my god, like, our mind's blown, it's Martian Manhunter, boom, forgot, like, forgot everything that happened before that. Like, no, man, like, that's not, at least, that's not how I watch movies. You know what it reminds me of? Uh, and I'm sorry if you're, you know, if you guys are watching Game of Thrones, if someone's you don't know spoilers and shit, I'm going to spoil something really quickly. So stop listening for the next 10 seconds. But it reminds me when Arya in Game of Thrones stabs the Night King and then they all die. Like, it's a big shock moment. Like, super hype. Like, whoa, that's fucking badass. But then it was like, wait. Like, why? Like, that's it? You know what I mean? Like, they're banking in on these shock moments, but they're not letting us, you know, like, they're not letting the story unfold more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get you. It's, I mean, it's it feels so like fan servicey. It is very fan servicey. I feel like the scene could have been added somewhere else, but I don't think it should be in the movie at all. And like, I think the one at the end credit sequence is really weird too. Because he's, like, talking to him, and then he's like, they call me Martian Manhunter. Yeah, that was the worst line. And then line. it's like, okay, That's, like, bro, the worst like, line ever. It's not as bad as Kal-El, no. <laughs> I would have rather, for that last scene, um, like, maybe, you know, it could have ended with Bruce Wayne saying something like, what are you, like, some kind of Martian or something? You know what I mean? Like, that would have been fine, because then everyone would be like, oh, Martian Manhunter, like, okay, I get it. But like the, the, I don't know, Zack Snyder feeling the need to add that line is a little strange because we had a it whole so movie t- in Man it of so, Steel. It felt so tacked on. But just imagine, we had a whole movie in Man of Steel where they don't even use the word Superman. And and it's like him building that name. <laughs> but then out of this movie, he's just like, fuck it, I'm the Martian Manhunter. It was like, bro, what? Yeah. It was, it was weird. And you could definitely tell that that was like shot very recently because Ben Affleck looks skinny. Yeah, that's that's post rehab Ben Affleck, which kudos, man. I'm I'm happy. Yeah, he's good for to him. Get his shit together. Good for he him. Looks good. Like, he looks good. He looks healthy. He does. He does. He looks healthy. But when you go from looking at this fucking tank of a Batman to this, you know, skinny looking Ben Affleck, it's like it takes you out of the movie. Yeah, no. I, like the second he got out of the bed and I saw how skinny his arms were, I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh... But it's fine. Like you know, it's that's just a little nitpick that we had. It's Ben Affleck does a great job. Oh um, no, yeah. In my opinion, he's he's my favorite Batman. He's I think the best Batman live action 
he yeah yeah obviously yeah he uh he just is very similar to the comics to the point where like when he's even the th- like the way he moves reminds me of the comic books it's fucking weird and he reminds me very much of the arkham video games too so i can appreciate that i was gonna say there's another moment oh yes uh, another moment that I think really fell flat to me. It's another Wonder Woman moment, actually. But I think it was more of a problem with uh, Gal Gadot as an actress. Is that scene where she's talking about the first, like, when she's explaining who Darkseid is to Bruce? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that scene was really weak in general. I just, you could just kind of tell that Gal was really just, you know, going through the motions with it. You Like, I don't know. But you could tell, like, she just really wasn't into it, and it was pretty poorly acted on her part, in my opinion. And but that's like a long scene too. That scene is like ten minutes long. Yeah, it's a lot of talking. It's like she definitely gets carried in a lot of the scenes that she's in. Like Ben Affleck and her have a lot of uh, interactions in this movie, and he definitely carries a lot of those scenes. Mm-hmm. And Ben oh, Affleck's yeah. not even like a great actor. He's good, very good actor, but he is not you know insanely good and he carries those scenes it's you know what i mean it's a little funny yeah i mean yeah i i pretty much agree with you 100 percent. definitely a better director than he is actor although i do like his actor dude he's he's a hell of a director hell of a director um Um, one thing i want to bring up is i love this scene i i don't remember what your thoughts are on it but in Man of Steel, my favorite—I'm a big Man of Steel fan. Don't really like Batman vs Superman that much. I—I I, I like it, but I don't love it. Um, but I really, really like Man of Steel. That's actually—I—I I love that movie. Um, the flight scene in Man of Steel is like one of my absolute favorite scenes in a superhero movie. And when they kind of, sort of recreated it in the Justice League, you know, with um. Jor-El talking to him a little bit and his uh his dad from from Earth I forgot his name already uh Pa Kent Jonathan Kent you know like they're both like whispering you know these like motivational words to him and then you know he does like the same stance where he puts his fist down and the rocks start floating around him and you hear uh Jonathan Kent like say fly son fly and then he fucking takes off and breaks the sound barrier and goes into space and is just fucking standing there like in the sun i i don't know why bro but that i love that fucking scene like that might be the best scene in the movie for me and i don't know how you feel about it but god damn i love that scene in the original mos well i'm comparing it to the mos but i'm talking about the justice league one where he the flight scene where he you know flies into space i don't know about my favorite scene in the movie but well, I'm just saying, like, do you, like, like, do you like it as much as I did, or were you like, did you have a problem with it? No, I didn't have any problems with it. I thought it was, I thought it was portrayed well enough. Um, I didn't love the scene. I thought it was, you know, pretty normal. But I know you are a big fan of, of that initial sequence in Man of Steel. So yeah. I can tell. I'm a big, I'm a big Henry this. Cavill fan. Like, I, I think that he does a fucking good job as Superman. Oh, he is an amazing Superman and I'm kind of sad to see him step away from from the role because he is amazing as Superman Dude, he's, in my opinion um, like he's 
he is Superman, like to me, like like how Iron Man is Robert Downey Jr. You know, like Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, you know, whatever, whatever. I think that Henry Cavill is Superman. Like, I think he plays it better than Christopher Reeves did. And we don't really have too many actors to go off of, like maybe Dean Cain. <laughs> but um, but Henry Cavill, I think, is the best Superman. And, like, he fucking – he works so hard to make that character likable and – and give him like more depth than it should have because Zack Snyder, you know, some of his choices aren't the best for Superman at least. Um, but Henry Cavill, like really like he fucking puts on, he puts it in his all for that character. And I, I love it, man. I, I think he's awesome. No, he, he really does capture uh, the essence of the character in a way that I haven't seen anyone really capture him since, the animated Superman show and Justice League, like the show Justice League, the animated one. Yeah, like like if you could, if you could compare, and this is for people that aren't you know super fanboy, uh, comic book fans or superhero fans like we are. If you can compare these characters like like these portrayals to their cartoon versions, that's a fucking good thing. Like we can compare Superman to the cartoon. We can compare this this new Batman. Ben Affleck's Batman to the cartoon, the animated series cartoon. They're very similar. Can we do that with Joker? No, not really. Can we do that with Wonder Woman? Not really. But that just goes to show you how good, you know, at least Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill are at their characters. Um, I'm trying to think. I wanted to say something. I can't remember what it was. Honestly, the movie is pretty forgettable. I I th- I think it's forgettable up until like that like, last I, like the last hour. Yeah, I mean it's forgettable in the sense that there's so much that happens that yeah, that nothing sticks. That like everything just sort of gets lost. Yes, I I very much agree with that. Like I, it's funny too cuz I've I've seen the movie twice now. So I've already fucking wasted 8 hours watching this movie. I don't want to say wasted. That's a bad term. I don't want to say wasted. But I've spent I've invested a lot of time into this movie. I watched it once by myself and I I had split it up in three parts and I watched it the second time with my girlfriend and we split it up into two parts, I believe. Um but there was a lot of scenes the second time around that I was like, wow, I don't remember this. And I, I did that like maybe six different times where I was like, I don't remember this scene. Like, why don't I don't remember this dialogue? You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. goes to show you how much fucking is in this movie. If I do watch it again, which I will eventually, uh, I think I want to watch it all, you know, in one sitting. You should. I want to see how much do? of a different experience it is. You know, you should do is one day. Like, plan to do that, like, on a Saturday, right? But the Friday night before, or even, like, you know, that week, watch the the weeding cut. And then try to find the similarities and the differences in them. Because I've seen the, the weeding cut recently, like, in the past few months. And I was able to pick up on so much of the reshoots and all that stuff that I was like, wow, this is crazy. So you should definitely do that. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I really don't want to watch the weeding cut again. It could be, you have it on in the background. You could be like on your phone or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. Okay, so what I want to ask you too is I wanted to get your take on it. What? So 
you're not big. You don't think that that Zack Snyder has a fundamental understanding of the Justice League members. I want to get your take on Superman. What Superman and Batman for the most part. I know you say Batman not so much, uh, but like, what makes you think like like especially for Superman though? Like, what do you think Zack Snyder doesn't understand? So, I think Snyder's, like, fixation on these characters, I think he's more interested in these people or in these characters as their powers and their mythos rather than who they are as characters. And what they stand for. Exactly, and, and, and what they stand for. And I think Snyder's... Uh, hard on or WB's hard on for uh, this Injustice storyline and Evil Superman kind of goes against you know everything uh, who this character is now. I know you're a big fan of Injustice and that Injustice storyline. I just like it because I'm, like I'm a big fan of it because it's different than what I've you know what I've read ever. You know what I mean? I, I've I only know Superman to be the best person ever you know so to see something switch and you know have a whole storyline that explains it it talks and goes into it it's that's what i find interesting about it but i don't believe that that's superman i think it's an interesting storyline in practice and while it is like you know sort of like a refreshing take on this like what if situation Again, I told you this uh, while we were texting. I think something like Superman Red Sun is much better because while it's not an evil Superman, it's just a fundamentally different Superman. And I think uh, that's a much better direction to take the character if you're going to do something like this. I just think Snyder loves this fixation of people looking at Superman as a god rather than making superman try to be human do you get you get what i'm trying to say with that with that sentence yeah um and while like i don't necessarily hate Zack snyder's decision making for um for superman like i have problems with it but i like it for the most part um but there are a couple of things that strike me like that come to mind that i'm sure you can agree with that he just doesn't understand when it comes to the character. And the one thing that really gets me is in Man of Steel, Jonathan Kent's death. Because while it's a fucking good scene, it, it looks good, very good acting, you know, whatever. That scene, it just doesn't make sense. Because Jonathan Kent dies to a tornado that... Clark can easily not even fly, jump over there, grab his dad, jump back, boom, saved. What the death of Jonathan Kent is such a big moment in Superman's character is because, in the comic books at least, is because it teaches Clark that not everybody can be saved because he dies by cancer, I think, or I think it's know, a heart attack. Heart attack, like it's you know, I think there's different iterations of it, but it's more or less the same thing. Like, he dies by natural causes. And, like, yeah, like like I said, it, it shows Clark, you can't save everybody. You know what I mean? Like, It's humbling and it's a humanizing moment for him because this is something that not even him 
can you know can save someone from like you're saying yeah that's 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 why i wish the man of steel movie did that now Zack snyder maybe was trying to tell his own version of it because he doesn't because i think they did the heart attack in the original superman movie from the 70s but i mean who the fuck remembers that movie at this point um but yeah no like that's that i think that's where he was off and i i wish that 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 he never you know executed the you know the tornado kill that was i just no i'm not a big fan of that there's other things too but that's the biggest there's not enough moments of Superman being Super. Superman. Like, you know, there's there's a really famous panel. I think it's All-Star Superman where uh, oh, there's yes. a, You know what I'm talking about? The kid who's about to jump off the ledge. Love that scene. And or then, that panel, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Superman comes and, and comforts the kid and, and the kid hugs Superman tells him some stuff. That's who Superman is. We don't get anything like that in any of the three movies that Superman is in. He dies in his second appearance, which, like, again, I just think, like, you know, reaffirms my point that Snyder doesn't care about these like these characters as characters and people. He only cares about them as power sets and storylines. Like, okay, Superman, you know, is this, but what if he was evil and what if he dies and the world is without Superman? And it's like, okay, it doesn't matter if the world is without Superman. We saw him in one movie or two movies. And even then, everyone hated him, and he just was fighting Batman and destroying Metropolis half the time. It's yeah. like, he, you know, he doesn't he doesn't get Superman. He doesn't get this character. He only sees him as someone invulnerable with laser eyes and, you know, freeze breath, pretty much. He, you know? It's like he wanted to tell a story, like, of what would happen if you know, someone with these powers lived in our world kind of thing. Instead of, like, giving us more of what Superman really is in the, like, to the core. And there's, like, you know, like, looking back at it, like, with Man of Steel, like, you know, with Batman vs. Superman, with Justice League, you could have easily included scenes, especially in Man of Steel, because that's Superman's movie. But you could have easily included scenes where he... You know, as Metropolis is getting destroyed, he's like stopping really quick to like save somebody from falling off a building. You know, moving like a car to like to help someone injured. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how you would do it. I'm not a fucking filmmaker, so I'm not gonna sit here and, and try to shoehorn these scenes into the film. But there are ways that Zack Snyder could have approached it that would have made us realize, like, yo, like this guy really is like, this is Superman. Like, he's fucking saving people while also like fighting this big bad boss you know general zod or fucking doomsday or whatever but like no like you said like you know most of the time he's just fucking destroying these cities and and, and <laughs> people are dying that's that is the premise of batman versus superman is that dude when you fought zod a lot of people died and you destroyed half the city and you have to own up to that to that uh you know to those mistakes yeah and then superman dies at the end of the movie and then everyone's mourning him like mm. It could have been. I'm okay with it, but yeah, it it could have definitely been executed a lot better. I actually totally agree with what you said. Like, he does. Zack Snyder cares more about the god figure that these characters are than the actual characters. And that's something that I really appreciate. uh, You know, Marvel doing, especially lately. And if 
you know, the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, which, if you notice, we haven't spoken about. We'll talk about it more once episode two releases, like we did for WandaVision. If Falcon and Winter Soldier is any indication, um, like if the first episode is any indication of how the rest of the series is going to be, is I really am looking forward to how it's going to play out because we're seeing these two Avengers as humans, like struggling with, you know, day-to-day every man sort of situations you know Bucky obviously is in a different situation but for Sam we're seeing how you know even you know as a black man in America even as an Avenger he has to go about his life and especially coming out out recently from the blip you know yeah and and like (laughs) he's a fucking superhero and can't catch a break yeah exactly um really quickly before I forget one thing that I f- felt rather redundant was how many like plot lines were left open in this, especially with like some like the reshoots, because we know we're not getting any more of this universe. So I actually wanted the. I was happy you brought that up. I wanted to talk on that. Like, let's try to count how many plot lines are still open right now. So we have Dark Side. Mm hmm. We have the Martian Manhunter something there. I don't know. Would you count that? Yes. We opened up the Deathstroke and Bruce Wayne thing. Lex Luthor is back. What else? Uh, The Nightmare Sequence. I mean, there's one thing that comes to mind, honestly. Like, and I, I actually like am very curious how this would be explained. Uh, well, yeah, and the nightmare sequence, so that's five. But you can guess, I guess, count this as six. In Batman versus Superman, Superman dies, obviously. There's a scene in the movie where Perry, which by the way, I rewatched Batman versus Superman the other day. Lawrence Fishburne is fucking awesome as Perry White. Like, what a great casting. I love Lawrence. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne is awesome in pretty much anything. Yeah, like he's the fucking shit. But he's uh, Perry is reading um, the platypus. Freshly print- <laughs> he's reading a freshly printed um, newspaper, uh, Daily Planet newspaper, and they're giving their you know thoughts and prayers to all the different all the different people that got affected by the Doomsday incident, and they have a whole piece on Clark Kent, and they you know they acknowledge that Clark Kent Clark. Clark Clark Kent. Oh my God, I cannot talk today. They acknowledge that Clark is dead. I mean, we have a whole funeral for Clark. We have a whole funeral for Superman, a separate separated from Clark. But people know that Clark is dead. How? And at the end of Justice League, we have a moment where we see Clark walking through Metropolis with his glasses on, with his you know, his reporter you know getup, his uniform takes his uh you know as he starts opening his shirt you see the superman logo and he goes you know save the day somewhere how are you gonna which i'm pretty sure he's still wearing his black suit by the way sorry yeah he was which i did i hated that i i was really fucking hoping that if that scene was in the movie that he was wearing his red suit i mean but that's what i mean again that just goes back to my point he only it's only there because it looks cool yeah if if he was wearing like his red and blue suit in that scene I'd have been like, okay, cool, like you know, Superman is back, but 
him still wearing the black one, I was like, wow, really? Like, like, <laughs> what is like, what is what is the reason? But whatever. But how are they gonna explain how Clark Kent is back? I'm sorry, but that just doesn't make any sense. Unless you tell everybody, like, yo, by the way, Clark is Superman. I would say that that's more of a plot hole rather than you know like a loose. But it's like something that's threat. gonna have to be brought up if they ever decide to make a Man of Steel too. So it is a technically a plot line. I'm sure. I'm gonna assume that that's gonna have to. That probably would be a big part of the story. You can't just ignore it. I guess, but I mean, the, the Snyderverse is dead anyway. So what does it matter? I mean, the Snyderverse is dead, but these movies are still acknowledging what has happened even in the weeding cut. And that's still a plot hole in the weeding cut. Like if I'm going to be completely honest, like the movie almost reignited my enthusiasm for the Snyderverse and killed it at the same time. Because if the Snyderverse was continuing moving forward, uh, you know, I would be down for it just because I like uh, seeing Batman specifically and Flash and Cyborg. But now it leaves me like, what's the point? You know, like this isn't leading up to anything we, that we know of yet. It's it's like, what's it's, the, it sucks. What's the point of Shazam 2? What's the point of Black Adam? What's the point of of the Zatanna show? Like we know, you know, I'm, you, you and I are both super down for the Batman uh, the Robert Pattinson movie. We know that's in a separate universe, though, so that has no bearing on on what's going on in the Snyderverse. But I don't do care about the Flash that, movie anymore. But do you think that's because you're spoiled by what Marvel has done with the Avengers? I mean, yes and no, because we know this universe is connected, but now if the connections you know, aren't going to be there, if there's no more shared... like similarity or storylines then what's the whole point of even connecting them in the first place yeah okay i would i just like a little bit of me really hopes that in the future you know they plan for some type of justice league movie um i i i think that this movie like like you said it, it does both reignite it the flame and kill it at the same time but I like the interactions of these characters. I, I like these characters a lot now, a lot more than what I did before after watching the Weeding Cut. Um, and I want to see them, you know, ha- like I want to see them go at it again. I want to see them add Black Adam, Shazam, Green Lanterns. Like we're getting a fucking Green Lantern Corps movie. Um, you know, I want to see Kilowog, Hal Jordan, John Stewart. I want to see them involved in the Justice League. And I was talking about it with my brother and. It really sucks that we're not going to get a moment like Avengers Endgame, like where everybody that you have introduced in this fucking universe is all standing right behind Cap and Iron Man and them two and Thor, you know, and them three are like leading the charge and going at the biggest, baddest villain in the game. You know what I mean? I Mm -hmm. wish that we got that in, in the DC world with Superman and Batman leading the fucking charge with Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, going up against Darkseid, whoever it may be. I'm going to assume Darkseid. Because Darkseid is, you know, the fucking, one of the best villains ever. I wish, like, I, I really wish we could have got something like that, but it, it seems like that entire dream is dead now. So it's, like, depressing to think about. It is. I mean, we'll see 
like what goes on moving forward. I don't think the Snyderverse is dead. I think eventually it'll be brought back. I think, Hopefully, I think, I think money talks. Yeah, 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 absolutely. If and, this gains traction and people want more of it, I'm sure it'll keep going. I just hope it's under more, I guess, guidance, something. They need a Kevin Feige at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah exactly. They need someone who, who oversees everything, maybe not Snyder, but someone uh, who can sort of corral everything that's going on and say, okay, this is where we're going. This is how we have to end up there. You know what's funny? So on and so forth. But at the same time, I don't know if I even want to get through it if I know that half the movies are going to be fucking terrible anyways. Yeah. It's funny because um, back in the day, like, I I don't read comic books as much anymore. I actually do. Like, actually, it's funny. You and I spoke about this really quickly. If anything that this movie does, it makes me want to read more about these characters or watch the fucking cartoon that we used to watch like i want to I, I want more of these characters you know what i mean like i'm gonna go back and read some justice league cartoon or comic books and i think you were saying like you want to go back and watch the justice league cartoon like that i feel like that's a good thing that it comes out of this um but jeff johns which is big the big big writer in the comic book world if you don't know um I always thought that he should have been the one running the, the, the DC, you know, movie verse. And it's funny how they actually brought him to kind of help run it. And then he kind of brought, the, he fucking, he fucked that shit up too. So I don't know. I, I don't know who can, you know, fix this mess. Not everyone can be uh Kevin Feige or even uh Dave Filoni. It goes to show you how insanely fucking talented those guys are. Yeah. Like, they're on another level. Yeah, agreed. So, I mean, that's pretty much everything I have to say about the Snyder Cut. Do you have anything else to say? Um, well, actually, before we get off, I want to talk about the scene with you. The biggest scene in the movie, probably. The Flash scene. Oh, What what are your thoughts on that? I actually really liked it. Oh, that's probably... I would say that scene and when Superman arrives in the final fight with Steppenwolf are probably my two favorite scenes in the movie. Not impressed. I thought it was really well done. I really like how they sort of made Flash's sort of arc coincide with the end of Cyber- Cyborgs. Yeah. And it was pretty... Uh, it was pretty uh, touching, you know? I thought it was a very moving scene. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure they the blew their CGI both. budget on that, though. Yeah, Absolutely. I, but, I love it. Was it. A like, great I, scene. I like. I, I mean, I'm I'm a big Flash fan. Like, I like the whole you know time time jumping and going back in time and forward or whatever. It's all fun. Uh, but it was really well done, man. Like how the like the Flash, like everything's fucking blowing up, and the Flash like sticks his arm out, and then like everything the slow mo starts happening, but you kind of know what's going on if you're you know if you know the character, and you're like, oh shit, like is he about to do what I think he's about to do, and then boom, he takes off and rewinds time and i it was so badass to see man like seeing that like in in live action was fucking awesome yeah it was uh, pretty impressive and it it makes me pumped for the flash movie like i i really hope that movie isn't bad and i don't think it will be to be honest i don't i mean i was gonna say i don't think it will be but i mean wonder woman 1984 shows that we can't take any of that for granted yeah, I, I thought Patty Jenkins like, and I, I still think that she's a very good filmmaker. But I thought that she wouldn't make that movie bad, but that shit was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So that was a review of uh, Snyder Cut Justice League. 
what don't do you, get what it would twisted. You rate it out of five? Out of five, I gave it a three. But okay. if I had to rate it out of ten, I'd probably give it like a six, six point five. That's that's good. Like I, I feel like a lot of people will hear that and be like, "Oh, you hated it." But like I, I feel like a six, six point five is good. Like you enjoyed it. Yeah, like I definitely didn't hate it. I did think it had a lot of problems, but it's still watchable. You know, I would I would still recommend it. It's better to, than a lot of superhero movies. Yeah, I wouldn't put it anywhere near the top like ten. I would probably put it like probably not even top twenty. I feel like it's it would probably just hit top twenty for me, but I'd have to like make a list. So. It's nowhere near. I know some people are saying that it's the greatest superhero movie of all time. In my opinion, it's. Not even in the same breath as Spider-Man 2, Spider-Verse, The Incredibles, Infinity War, Infinity War. Yeah. Avengers, Endgame. Hmm. Yeah, so... I mean, you made a comment, like, you don't even know if it's better than Age of Ultron, so... Uh, yeah, I would say it's maybe, like, as Never good like. as Age of Ultron, maybe slightly worse, because I think WandaVision actually made Age of Ultron better, retroactively. Age, Age of Ultron, I feel like, aged well. It did. It definitely did. It has its problems, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, like I, I, I gave the movie a four out of five on uh, on Letterbox, which you know, like you, my all, all my friends, including Steven, like to give me shit for. And my reasoning behind that was because I, get, I had the movie like a three, three point five, as well as hovering around in my mind the entire time. But that flash scene, I swear to God, I don't know what it was, but like that scene, I was. I really wish was in the Whedon cut. I don't know why Whedon thought that was a bad scene, but whatever. That yeah, he scene replaced alone, that with the Russian family, right? Yeah, the Russian family just was stupid. So right. that scene alone is like what brought the movie up like 0.5 points for me, and I was like, boom, that's a four. Like, like, and I, I would probably rate it out of ten like a seven point five, a seven seven point five, depending on the day. But yeah, nothing higher than that. Hmm. Interesting. So that's our review on Snyder Cut, our podcast review. Stay tuned because I'm probably going to write a review for it on our website, which launched two weeks ago now, insidebacklot.com. Check that out. We have our podcast up there. We have some written reviews. Uh, definitely a lot more to come. Check us out on Instagram. Make sure to follow us on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, everything. The whole shebang. Put some good shit on there. And I'm trying to think. What movie comes out? Th- There's a movie that comes out this week that we're reviewing. Minari? Oh, it's the Bob Odenkirk movie. The John Wick ripoff. Oh, okay. Apparently it's good, though. I've heard it's actually good. Is this, is this out on Netflix? I'm not sure, actually. That's a good question. We'll have to figure out a way to watch it. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, that film, Nobody, comes out uh, this Friday. And then after that is uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, which we're both really excited for. I know that. I'm, dude, I've I'm I'm been hearing a lot of good reviews. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, the film leaked though apparently, so be careful. Oh yeah, I'll definitely avoid that. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure it released early, uh, like overseas or something. But there's like a lot of leaks on the internet, so be careful. What I'm hearing about that movie is that it's uh, all the good parts of the last Godzilla movies, the last two Godzilla movies that we've seen. All the good stuff is like all in one film. You know what I mean? Like they take all the boring human shit out. So I fucking I'm, hope so. <laughs> yeah, because like I'm cool with the human shit, but like to a certain extent, like I'm coming here to watch monsters fuck shit up. So yeah, I uh, 100% with you there. So yeah, that's it. Stay tuned and uh, 
Well, we'll be reviewing uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon and Winter Soldier too. Oh yes, so we'll do Nobody and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Correct. Yeah. We'll probably do two episodes next week. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Take care.